Hey everybody, it's Andrew Emerson from Calvary Tabernacle. Welcome back to the Calvary Tabernacle podcast. This is episode number seven, and this is a life-changing, inspiring message that you're going to hear today. Isn't it funny that the simplest messages are often the most memorable and life-changing messages? Maybe it's because we need that simplicity the simple thoughts that challenge our mind to get back to what is most important in our lives. Well, today's episode is exactly that, the importance of needing Jesus from Pastor Carl Vickery. My prayer for you today is that this episode changes your life. You'll hear from me on the back end of this episode. God bless. I'm going to look at Matthew, the third chapter, and, uh, I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. I am going to read lengthy tonight, but I won't preach too lengthy. Just stay with me. Verse 1 says, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat of repentance, or for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you, God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto every Unto the root of the trees, therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. And gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then a change of scenery. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. I want to draw your attention to something that, to be honest, never hit me until I began to study this out. And just never hit me like this. I should say that I've read it a hundred, maybe ten thousand times. But I want to draw your attention to those last couple of verses. And I want to preach to you for just a moment, teach to you just a moment on the importance of needing Jesus. 
the importance of needing Jesus. God, I love you. I ask you to help us in the name of the Lord. Let the glory of God be revealed. God, I pray that you would just have your way in this house, that the anointing of God would break every yoke. Oh, Lord, we take authority. God, we take dominion. God, in the name of Jesus, have your way in our midst uh, and let the Holy Ghost, oh God, just move uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and lift your voice one more time with praise uh, and adoration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I bless your name. Lord, I magnify your name. I praise your name. Lord, I glorify your name, Jesus, for you are great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. I don't really think that we really believe that we need Jesus like we are supposed to believe that we need Jesus. In other words, God knows how to get our attention and when God does get our attention then all of a sudden we realize uh, that we need him uh, more than what we may have originally thought that we needed him. I don't know about you, but I've had moments in my life, I'm not proud of them, where I didn't pray like I needed Jesus. Uh, in other words, prayer was optional. It was uh, if I had enough time. It was uh, not something that I really needed to do. Uh, it was only something that allowed me on the platform. It just allowed me to minister. But it wasn't out of a true desire or hunger that I inspired side held on to uh, that I need uh, Jesus. I was, if you will, a little too arrogant to admit uh, that I needed Jesus. I was, uh, if you will, a little too blessed uh, to admit that no, uh, I still uh, need uh, Jesus. John the Baptist told Jesus uh, and this is what just jumped off the page in my life. Uh, John the Baptist told Jesus uh, that he needed uh, to be baptized uh, of him. Uh, he preached uh, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance uh, but he that cometh after me uh, is mightier than I uh, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. Uh, understand he shall baptize you uh, with uh, the Holy Ghost uh, and uh, with fire. Uh, there is something that transpired uh, in John the Baptist that needs uh, to transpire in each and every one of us. Uh, and you Imagine John the Baptist for just a moment. Uh, let me just remind you. Uh, John the Baptist, his father was a faithful priest named uh, Zacharias. Uh, his mother, if you will, was the daughter of a priest. Uh, Jesus said uh, of John the Baptist, uh, there has been uh, and no ever uh, any greater prophet ever born uh, than John uh, the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist had the pedigree. He had the crowd. Thousands would come out to hear John the Baptist preach. Pharisees would come out to hear John the Baptist preach. The community, the world, the city, the town would come after him. We're not talking about a novice here. We're not talking about some pomper or just some pious, understand, studious person that just sits in a corner of a room somewhere. This is a man that understand when he came to town, 
down, people begin to realize, hey, John the Baptist is here. The man that is living in camel's hair in the wilderness and eating wild honey and locusts, he has come to our town and people from all over the town, if you will, would begin to come out and hear him preach. And it is this, amidst the crowd, amidst the blessing of his ministry, so to speak, amidst revival in his church and the message of the hour that said nobody is any better. Can you imagine? I don't know about you, but I've been pretty good at times, but I've never heard the Holy Ghost come down and say there's none better than that pastor victory. But when Jesus talked about John the Baptist, he said there's not a greater prophet. There is nobody born of women that is greater. I don't know about you, but that would kind of build you up a little bit. I mean, it's one thing for pastors to say he's proud of you, but for Jesus to say there's nobody better than you, Bubba. There is nobody greater. Of all the people born of women, that's all of us, all right, of all the people born of women, nobody is better than him. And you understand the, the, the gravity, if you will, for John the Baptist to declare when Jesus comes into his midst and Jesus declares, I need to be baptized, John. And John steps back and says, whoa, wait a minute. It is not you that needs to be baptized. It is me that needs to be baptized of you. See, something transpired in John. But here's what I've never seen. I really thought that John was saying, Jesus, take me down into the water and baptize me. I thought John was saying, no, Jesus, I want you to take me into the Jordan and dunk my head and get me wet. But that's not the reference that John the Baptist was saying. John the Baptist had an insight, if you will, that some of us need to get. What John the Baptist was saying... You're the one uh, that's going to baptize uh, with the Holy Ghost uh, and with fire. Uh, he says, I don't, I don't, I know what water can do. Uh, he's saying, but I want uh, what you're going to baptize. You imagine being John the Baptist. Uh, he was the one that proclaimed it. Uh, there cometh one after me uh, whose shoes I'm not worthy to wear. Uh, those he comes, uh, he's going to baptize you uh, with the Holy Ghost. At this point, uh, nobody had even heard uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, at this point, Nobody even sought after the Holy Ghost. But John looks into the future and says, no, 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 no. This man called Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Now you say, Pastor, why are you preaching this and why is this so important? Because I think that we get to a place our church uh, is doing well. Huh? Our ministries are doing well. Huh? Our families are doing well. Huh? And we have a problem huh? when Jesus comes uh, and says I want to do something. Huh? And we say okay let me let, me let uh, understand I'll just bless Jesus. Huh? But John said no, 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 no Jesus. Huh? It's not you huh, that needs something. Huh? It's me that needs something. Huh? Well John you've got a good church 
church going here. You got a good building program. You got some great things happening. No, Jesus, I need that Holy Ghost. Understand, oh, let me look. See, John understood. I hope I'm around when the Holy Ghost is poured out because I know what it's like to be baptized with water. I know what it's like to preach the sermon. Oh, but let me, God, be looking to the future and see what it's like to be baptized. So when Jesus steps up, he says, no, 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 Jesus, baptize me. Could it be tonight that we have lost sight that Jesus really is the answer to everything that we need? That maybe it's not a new job that we're looking for. Maybe it's not a new car or a better house or a better home or a better wife or a better husband. But what would happen to a church that stepped back and said, wait a minute, God, it is not you that needs something. I need you like I've never needed you before. Baptize me afresh and anew with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let fresh fire fall in my life. Could you imagine? Could we come off of our high horse for just a minute and say, I still need this Holy Ghost. I need the fire of God living. Oh, you play a good guitar, Brother Andrew. I want a fiery guitar. I want a Holy Ghost baptism guitar. I don't want to just be talented. I don't want to just be gifted. I don't want to just go through the motions. God, I don't want to just clap my hands. I want my hands to be on fire by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to just come to church. I want something to burn on the inside of me that baptizes me with the Holy Ghost. I mean, could it be that, that I, I, I know that some of you probably don't believe this and you probably get tired of hearing it, but you realize there are people that woke up with no food this morning that didn't know where their next meal was going to come from. And they get, went to a church in Africa and bent over some boards that were homemade pews. And they didn't have any money. They didn't have any food. But they made their way still and said, God, I need you. And if you was to ask that African to trade places with you, he was say not if it makes me as apathetic as it has made you because there's something burning on the inside of me that I'm not willing to give up for just a new car. I'm not willing to give up this fire for just a comfortable lifestyle. I'll take the fire Jesus. I want the Holy Ghost to baptize me like it never has before. You understand? Each of us could uh, have similar experiences. Uh, I mean, I wonder how many times uh, that we walk in and we got the right mama, we got the right daddy, we got the, the, the right talent, we got the right ability, but and we find it hard. We, we hold our head up uh, and we square our shoulders back, uh, not because we're proud of Jesus, uh, but because we want everybody to know that we're okay, uh, that nothing's affecting us, uh, that everything's all right in our life, uh, that everything's okay in our life. Uh, but what would really happen if somebody said you know what uh, I'm tired of faking it uh, I'm tired of being a poser uh, I'm tired of just going through the motions uh, everything's not alright uh, and I need a fresh uh, baptism uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, in my life 
Maybe it's not better finances. Uh, maybe it's not a better job. Uh, maybe it's not a better home or a better car or even, uh, if you will, a better ministry. Maybe it's not any of that. Maybe uh, what we need uh, is what John said he needed, uh, the baptism uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, maybe it wasn't, uh, understand, just a going through the motions. Uh, but John never wanted to get to the place. Uh, matter of fact, he, uh, the Bible says that angels uh, would trade places with us uh, and we act like this is no big deal. Huh? The Bible says they wish uh, they could worship through the Spirit of God. Huh? You understand an angel can just get close to the Spirit. Uh, they're close to it uh, but it's not in them. Huh? They can't operate through it. Uh, but God allows us uh, to move through uh, the Holy Ghost uh, and for the Holy Ghost uh, to move through us. Uh, what would happen uh, if we said that uh, is the kind of baptism uh, that I need tonight. Uh, I don't want to just play church. Uh, I don't want to just be the average Joe. I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Isn't it amazing? When God begins to bless us, we have a hard time stepping back and saying, no, I need the Holy Ghost. Isn't it amazing when we get a little ahead, we begin to think, look what I have done. Look what look how smart I am. Look how talented I am. Look how good I am. I've known preachers to do it. Look how good I can preach. I'll just pull out message number 32 and we'll deliver that. That was a good one and it'll just go over just fine. And you know what? That worked last time. And realize that they have failed to say no this is a new day and God I don't need anything about message 32 what I need is a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire John the Baptist was a preacher who preached Christ John 1 and 29 declares behold the Lamb of God he said which taketh away the sins of the world in Mark 1 and 4 John preached repentance in Luke 3 and 8, he preached that we should bring forth fruit for repentance. And Matthew chapter 11 and verse 2, he pointed his disciples to Jesus Christ. Yet John said to Jesus, I have need to be baptized of thee. John knew what Jesus came to do was greater than what he was doing. He knew that he was the forerunner of something greater than the world had ever known. He wanted to be a part of it, not just the forerunner. I hope I can help you tonight. He said, I don't want to just be the forerunner, Jesus. Baptize me with this Holy Ghost. I'll show them how it's done. Is it any wonder that they said, hey, if you silence these, Jesus said, I'll cause these stones uh, to cry out. Uh, do you understand that all of creation uh, desires to be uh, where you and I are at tonight? Uh, that every tree out on our parking lot uh, wish it had legs to walk in here and lift its hands uh, and its voices unto God. And we will sit uh, and act like, this is what he said, you are fat, uh, you are sassy, uh, and you have need uh, of nothing and we sat as a church understand our bills are paid we got a position in the choir everything is alright our job is going good and we have need of nothing what would happen tonight if somebody said not me Lord I won't want to just be comfortable I don't want to just go through the motions I don't want to just play the game I need to be baptized 
I get so tickled at not being mean. I get so tickled at people that forget. It's as if we really start to believe we're just that good. We really start to believe that God needs us. This is what Jesus did. He went to John and said, I need you, John. I need you to baptize me. And John had the foresight to say, no, 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 no. I know who you are. Could it be that we have forgotten who we are and thus forgetting who we are, we have forgotten who he is. He is the creator and I am the created. Understand, he is the supplier and I am the dependent. He is the one that has made me and not we ourselves. He is the one that causes the sun to rise and the rain to fall. He causes the grass to wither and the flower to grow. It is him that makes life happen and yet we will sit back and declare, look, I have need of nothing. You're wrong, sir. You have need of the same thing John the Baptist needed. You need the Holy Ghost and fire. Understand, we need the Holy Ghost and fire in 2019 to get a hold of us like we've never let it got a hold of us before. I can tell you it happens. It happened in Scripture. I've never seen this before, but stay with me. In Acts, the 19th chapter, is one of my favorite verses to prove the need for baptism and the Holy Ghost. John, the Apostle Paul comes across John's, uh, if you will, disciples in Acts 19. And in verse 2, he says, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, We have not so much as heard if there be any Holy Ghost. Stay with me. This is Acts 19. Almost finished three quarters of the way through the book. Somewhere between John the Baptist and the Apostle Paul, some preacher dropped the Holy Ghost from their message. And these 12 men had not even heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. I was preaching last night and somebody said, I noticed that you say Holy Ghost more than you say Holy Spirit. Why is that? I said because they're one and the same. And I grew up in a time and in an area and an era where people were not ashamed to say ghost. We were not ashamed. And we didn't try to make it sweet. We didn't try to make it comfortable. We said Holy Ghost. And I understand biblically there's no different. A spirit is a ghost and a ghost is a spirit. But the truth of the matter is there is something in this old preacher that says I don't want to be baptized with his spirit. I want the Holy Ghost to get a hold of me. I want the Holy Ghost to shake me. I want the fire of God to burn on the inside of me. I want the anointing of God to burn. Could you imagine what would happen if every person in this house tonight said, you know what I need? I need an old-fashioned praying through to the Holy Ghost. It'll fix my attitude. It'll fix my spirit. It'll fix my problems. It'll fix my marriage. It'll fix my job. It'll fix my circumstance. I need an old-fashioned praying touch of the Holy Ghost. I wonder... 
if we're like somebody. You realize how many preachers there were between John the Baptist and the Apostle Paul? I don't know which one it was uh, that had come across these men and somehow failed to mention, uh, hey, I see your disciples of Christ, uh, but have you received uh, the Holy Ghost? Uh, but understand, this is 65 years later after the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Uh, and the Apostle Paul walks through and says, have you received uh, the Holy Ghost? Uh, there was something about that old Apostle uh, that said, wait a minute, uh, this is too important. Uh, it was the Holy Ghost that blinded me uh, on the road to Damascus. Uh, it was the Holy Ghost uh, that anointed, uh, understand, uh, Cornelius to pray for me uh, so that I could be healed. Uh, it's the Holy Ghost uh, that touched my eyes. Uh, it's the Holy Ghost, uh, understand, that let me preach. Uh, it's the Holy Ghost that brought me out of the muck and the mire. And he sees 12 men that look pretty good. And he says, have you uh, received uh, the Holy Ghost since uh, you believed? Uh, we hadn't even heard. Uh, well, you're missing the best part. Uh, I don't care how you were baptized. Uh, I don't care how you repented. Uh, I don't care how much uh, you've been in church uh, and how many tithes you paid. Uh, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, uh, you're missing the best part. What would happen in this house if somebody said, that's what I need? I've avoided it. I've tried to run away from it. I've tried to act like it's no big deal. I've tried to act like what blew my mind about John the Baptist. He's got the largest crowd of anybody in the city. He's got the most powerful ministry of anybody in the city. And when Jesus steps up to the plate, he says, no, 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 no. I need you. I mean, people are bringing. He's eating wild honey and locusts. And he must have got hungry because he said, bring forth some fruit. That's a joke. Some of you will get it tomorrow and laugh. But he's eating wild locusts and honey and now the Pharisees are bringing stuff to him uh, and laying it at his feet trying to prove uh, I'm just as holy uh, as this man. Because why? He's still in their crowd. Uh, he, 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 he's emptying out their synagogue. Uh, he's emptying out their temple. Uh, and all of a sudden they start going, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. If, if this is what it takes, uh, let's go see what's going on. Uh, and they come and everything's offerings are big and tithings are big and, and the crowd is big. Uh, but when he sees Jesus, he says, none of that's enough. I need you to baptize me. When he sees Jesus, he realizes I'm nothing on my own. I need you, God, to baptize. Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's me that needs to be baptized. John's immediately, I mean, without hesitation, says, I don't care how big my church is. I don't care how much tithes I've collected. I don't care how rich I am. I don't care how powerful my ministry is and how many people have been healed and how many people have been delivered. It means nothing if I don't have the baptism of you Jesus you imagine could it be that Jesus was alluding to this when he said some will cast out devils in my name no he didn't say some he said many many will cast out devils in my name many will lay hands on the sick and see them recover but when they get there they will hear I never knew you depart from me you that work iniquity could it be that faith alone understand you can have talent and gifts the Bible says he gave some the gift of healing and some the workers of faith and some the gift of miracles and the gifts and the callings of God or without repentance, uh, understand, but could it be uh, that you can operate in all of that uh, and you still don't know him uh, because something inside you says, look uh, what I can do uh, instead of saying, oh, he must increase uh, and I must decrease. Uh, I've got to get out the way. Uh, but Jesus, before I get out the way, uh, I want to make sure I know you. Could it be that we can be guilty of just coming to church? but never knowing him? Could it be that 
our programs have taken the place of his presence? Could it be that our popularity is in the way of his spirit? Could it be that we have become more self-sufficient to even when Jesus says, hey, I need you to, 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 to you know, uh, clean the baptistry. I need you to play the guitar. I need you to, to work the sound booth. And it's like, no, nah, I've got better things to do, Jesus. Uh, uh, I'm all right. Uh, but when he went to John the Baptist, uh, he said, John, I need you to do something for me. Uh, and John's like, dear God, I've done preach. Uh, I've been preaching for three and a half years. Jesus, I'm preparing the way for you. I know I, I'm, what else you need me to do? He says, I need you to baptize me, John. And John steps back and says, no, 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 no. It, it's me. I need uh, you to baptize me. Uh, me. Could you imagine what would happen in the church uh, if something baptized us tonight uh, that said, you know what? Uh, talent alone is not going to do it. Uh, my gifting alone is not going to get me there. Uh, my ability all by itself uh, is not going to accomplish it. Uh, but I could step back tonight and let him increase uh, and say, God, baptize me. Could we for just a moment pretend uh, that we don't have it all together and that we really don't know what we're doing uh, and that we're possibly in over our head? and say God I need you to baptize me because I'm tired of doing it my way I'm tired of just doing it what I want to do I've gone as far as I can go there was something in John the Baptist that said oh let me go to that next level I know I preach repentance and I have baptized under repentance but Jesus I need to go to that next level and we sit here Service after service, night after night, day after day. And act like we got it together. If John the Baptist needed him. Someone told, called me Monday and said, this is what they said, I got a question for you. I mean, just, just like this, yeah, I got a question for you. I said, sure, what's up? You know, hey, hello, how you doing? Oh, man, doing fine, I got a question for you. Sure, man, what's up? Do you have to have the Holy Ghost to be saved? <laughs> Being honest. And I said, you want the short version or the long version? They both end with the same answer, but do you want the short version or the long version? He said, well, give me both of them. I said, well, the short version is yes. <laughs> the long version, I spent one hour on the phone letting him know why wouldn't you want the Holy Ghost? You understand what you're wrestling with is the Spirit of God. Not, not, it's not a demon. It's not, it's not something crazy. It's not something goofy. It is the literal. Jesus said, I'm with you, but I shall be in you. You understand what we are pushing away is what God wants to do in your life. You understand what you are shying away from is the literal presence of Almighty God that God has said, I want to live in you. I want to have my will in you. I want to back John the Baptist said it like this. He shall baptize you. What does that mean? He shall immerse you. It comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse. That's why we don't sprinkle. That's why we don't douse. That's why we don't water hose you. That we immerse you in the water because baptism means to immerse. And he said, I'm going to immerse you in the Holy Ghost from the top of your head. You ever seen somebody shake when the Holy Ghost comes? Why? Because because they're immersed from the top of their head unto the soles of their feet. Could it be tonight that somebody in this house, you look, I know this, boy, this is not going to go over good. I'm trying to get to my point. We, we, we will do everything except 
allow God to immerse us. Because we really don't want the will of God if it messes up with our will. But John said, I'll leave this big church for what you got. I'll step off of this riverbank and you can have my name, you can have my reputation, but God baptized me with I need that Holy Ghost because what I'm doing is only going to get me so far. But if I really want to do what you've called me to do, then I've got to have that Holy Ghost. If I really want to become, why do you think when Jesus said he was in prison and said, John, I know you wanted it, but blessed is he. I mean, can you imagine? John never saw one eye opened John never saw one lame man walk. All John got to do was prepare the way. He was the one that announced, boom, 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 Jesus is coming. He'd go to the next town, boom, 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 repent, Jesus is coming, and dunk a few heads in water. And he never got to see what was really coming. And Jesus looked at his deathbed and said, don't worry about it, John. Don't get offended. Blessed is he who is not offended in me oh my God what would happen in this place if somebody said you know what I've got to have the Holy Ghost because I'm tired of just how far I can go I'm tired of living just how far I can live God it's not you that needs me it is still me that needs you I could I, I, I disagree with, with brother Poe who said and he picks that it's a joke but he says if I win the lottery I won't be here next Sunday I disagree somebody could give me three million dollars and I still need him. Somebody could give me a hundred million dollars and I still need him. Money doesn't fix all of my problems. Money doesn't save me. I need him. Does that make sense? Not being ugly, not being mean. And I, and, and, and I tell Brother Poe, I said, you're crazy. I said, that's why God won't give you no million dollars because you'd backslide. That's what I tell him. I said, because you'd backslide and be lost. And he goes, I know, I know, I know. But, but the reality of it is there's a lot of people that think if I got the position, then I don't need God. If I got the money, then I don't need him. Do you understand John the Baptist was the greatest aside from Jesus Christ? He was it. He was the top dog. And what made him so great was when he come with the true top dog. He said, no, it is I that needs you. Each day we have the privilege of being baptized with the Holy Ghost. And you don't realize what this Holy Ghost can do, but it can fix a lot of things. After Paul preached to them the Holy Ghost, these people in Acts 19 realized their need and said, let's get baptized. And when Paul had laid his hands upon him, they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Think about it. There are millions of churches today that have never heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, some of you don't realize this, and this, this was just happening uh, last Friday. I don't know if you know this, but they, they sent up 60 small telescopes into orbit to orbit the earth's atmosphere for one reason you want to know why to bring internet and cell service to remote parts of the world 
And in other words, in our vast world, as small as it can seem sometimes, there are people that have not even heard of the Holy Ghost. And you and I come in church every service and act like it's no big deal. We act like we don't really need Him. You imagine what could happen in our lives. 60 telescopes so that people in Africa or, 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 or the Antarctic or wherever they were trying to go, it took 60 and they're not done yet. They're going to send another 60 up trying to get internet and cell service to everywhere in the world. Can you imagine what one of those would be like if you were in the village and all of a sudden on YouTube you got Pastor Vickery talking about the Holy Ghost. Could you imagine running through that village going, hey, everybody needs to hear this. There's something called the Holy Ghost that this man says that we all need. Could you imagine the hunger of one village preacher, understand, that could rise up and say, I've been listening. Understand, I've got something that, that we have never had before and we need this thing. Could you imagine that it would be much like the hunger that first got a hold of you when you realize I'm nothing and he's everything everything that I need. He's the only one that can put my life back together. We can fool ourselves if we want to, but let me tell you the truth. You'll never do it by yourself. You'll never get so self-sufficient that you don't need him. And the danger is, is that we get a little bit ahead and then we start thinking we got this. But let us forever fall on our face and say, oh no God, I don't care how big this church gets. I need you. I don't care how many degrees I have. I need you. I don't care how smart and intelligent I become. God, it is I that need you. What would happen in this house if somebody said, you know, it's been a long time since I truly was baptized. I mean, can you imagine? Let me, let me show you what I'm Could you imagine? They're on a river bank. No choir. No Brother Andrew guitar. No PA system. And it don't stop the Holy Ghost from falling. God just baptizes them. Because they step back and say, yeah, we, we, we're baptized under John's baptism. You know, this is what we do today. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Baptist. Oh, oh no, I'm, I'm Catholic. Oh, I'm Lutheran. I'm, I'm good. But have you heard of the Holy Ghost? In other words, Paul literally was saying, I don't care what religion you are. Because <laughs> that's what they were doing. Oh, I was baptized of John. Oh, I was baptized of Apollos. Oh, I was baptized of Jeffrey. You know, whatever. He said, I, I don't care what religion you are. Have you heard of this thing called the Holy Ghost? And without, you know, we, we like, I don't mean this ugly, but, but you ever wonder why we got to have the right song to tug at our emotions? We gotta have the right drum beat so we can get our cry right on rhythm. You know. <laughs> you know. You ever wonder why it takes all of this when they didn't have that? But let me tell you what they did have. They had a hunger. I mean, Brother Charles, you witnessed it. Every service, not not every place, every service. We were in the Philippines. All right? Every service, they sung one song. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I got musicians that come up. We're not singing enough new songs. We need a new song. But every service, they sung the same song. Does that make sense? Every service. And it wasn't a hindrance because they had a hunger. 
You imagine us get up, and, and it was a good song. And, I mean, and they sung it to the top of their lungs. I mean, just, just, just being honest. They, uh, it was the Waymaker song, you know. Uh, I, I got to think of the lyrics right now, but it, he'll make a way, you know. Uh, he's a waymaker, he's a waymaker. But it was more like, he's a waymaker, he's a waymaker, he'll make a way. Every service. I know because they put me right in front of that big speaker. And then they put that little Filipino girl up there to scream to the top of her lungs. Every island, every church, every service, it was the same song. He'll make a way. He'll make a way. He's the way maker. He'll make a way. And people would come down. They didn't say, well, that's the song we heard yesterday. Matter of fact, they didn't care what they were playing because they were hungry. You ever wonder if maybe the problem is not the music? I've just lost my hunger. Maybe the problem is not sister so-and-so. I've just lost my hunger. You remember when you were going through a storm as a new Christian? God's going to do it. I just got to get to the house of God. I just got to make it to Sunday. I just got to get to where Jesus is. And it'll be all right. I don't care what the boss said. God's on my side. I don't care what the counselor said. God's on my side. I don't care what the lawyer said. God's on my side. I just got to get to Jesus. I don't care what they're playing. I don't care what color the ceiling is. I don't care what kind of music it is. I don't care if they play music at all. I'm hungry. But somehow we get educated. Somehow we get a little blessed. Somehow we think we get it all. I mean, you imagine a poor person says, oh, look at the car God gave me. By their fourth one, they're like, yeah, we got a new one. Well, we, so God didn't give it to you no more. You, you, you got it all by yourself. Does that make sense? Oh, we're doing pretty good. Whoa, 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 you are? <laughs> By what measurement? Oh, well, got a good job. My wife ain't mad at me. <laughs> you know, I'm at church. But somewhere in the midst of all this, we've lost our hunger. And what would happen tonight if somebody said, no, no, Jesus. You know what the truth is? I'm doing pretty good right now. I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm doing pretty good right now. Bills are paid. And, you know, in my world, being rich is having a healthy family, having food on the table. I mean, I'm not starving. I'm trying to, I'm having to push food away. <laughs> uh, you know, my mom and dad stressed out every day how we're going to pay this, how we're going to rob Peter to pay. I mean, we can buy cigarettes, but with that, besides that, how are we going to pay this other stuff? But you know, my bills are paid. We got new rugs for the church. Y'all see them when you came in? Aren't they? Uh, those rugs aren't cheap. I mean, you know, uh, 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 don't call them mats. They're rugs. We got, we got, new, we got new rugs. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, some, 
So, uh, we got a new projector screen coming. It's got a brand new projector screen coming. We're going to put up so it'll be a little bigger and we can, you know, have a little bit of easier time seeing the uh, the screen and seeing what we're playing and and it's on its way and and and, 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 and you know it, it's. It, 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 people are worshiping. We got good music and got got good people, and, and and you know we could easily sit back and say we're doing pretty good, and lose our hunger. When's the last time? I really believe this, and this is not for anybody. This is just in general. I think God can't bless us the way he wants to because we lose our hunger. It took the greatest man born of women to be at the apex of his ministry, the mountaintop of his life, and say, no, Jesus, it's I that need you. I have an uncle who's very wealthy. I don't talk about him much because he was raised in the same home as my dad, my Aunt Carlin, my Aunt Tammy, my praying grandmother, my, my, my father, my grandfather that preached one message y'all know and left, you know what I'm talking about? It's that brother, that family, four of them. My Aunt Carlin, my Uncle Dwayne, my, my dad, and then my Aunt Tammy. My Aunt Tammy, my Aunt Carlin, and my dad are all in church. Of course, my dad's where he's at, but when he had the wreck, he was in church. But believe it or not, my Uncle Dwayne, who I don't talk about much, is an atheist. And you wonder how can a man be raised in such a home with a praying mother and brothers and sisters that are apostolic and boldly declare there is no God. One time he bought my grandmother a brand new car and my grandmother goes out and starts, she uh, literally in the parking lot, she, he gives her the keys and she says, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My grandmother does the Indian dance right there in, in, in the parking lot, in the driveway over this Chevrolet Cavalier. And he, oh, thank you, Jesus. You've been so good to me. You answered my prayers. Uh, uh, hallelujah, God. And she begins to weep. And I mean, for, we're talking about now, now you got to remember, she's an old timer. We didn't, this ain't 30 seconds of praise. This is 15 minutes in the parking lot or the driveway of my Aunt Carlin's house when he presented her key. The whole time, my uncle says, Mama, God didn't give you that car. I did. Jesus ignored him and said, oh, thank you, Jesus. To on her deathbed, he looked at my Aunt Carla and said, would you tell Mama I gave her that car? She's still thinking, gee, she's on her deathbed going, God, you always took care of me. Mama, God ain't took care of you. I took care of you. No, God, you've always been there for me. You wonder how. You missed the first part. I said I had a wealthy uncle. He owns multi-million dollar properties in downtown Houston. Trades and sales on the open market. But let me tell you a recent transaction. His wife developed cancer. Y'all may remember Easter, was it Easter or Christmas? Maybe in Christmas or Easter. I don't remember when it was. I think it was Christmas. They had a practice dress rehearsal for our holiday community service, and I couldn't be there. And I said, well, you're going to have to do this without me. 
because they wanted me to speak at their 50th wedding anniversary, my aunt's 50th wedding anniversary. So I get up there to speak, and I just do my thing like I do, and they have a little barn deal where they had an instrument and microphones and all that. And so I do my part, and my uncle comes up to me, and he says, where's your church at? I said, well, we got one in Winnie and one in Beaumont. He says, would you mind going out to my car and praying for Margaret? I said, no, what's the matter? She has cancer. I said, man, I'd, I'd be honored. We'll go see what God can do. And he looked at me. He said, I don't even know if I believe in God. But if your God can touch my wife, could you ask him to? Now, this is a man that grew up with a praying apostolic mother. Here's what he said. I'll pay you $1,000. I said, I'm not Benny Hinn. You can keep your money. No, 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 I'll pay you. Just go out to the car. No, Unc, I don't want your money. No, here it is. He tried to put it in my hand. No. I left it on the table. He says, you're going to leave that there? I said, I told you. If we're going to see your wife healed, it won't be because you paid for it. It'll be because a man named Jesus Christ, who you haven't found yet, paid the price. He picked up that $1,000. He, he, he ain't wealthy for no reason. He holds on to his money. <laughs> he picked up that $1,000. We went out, prayed for his wife. He called me about a month ago. And he said, you're going to see me in church one day. I said, oh, when you're coming? He says, I don't know when yet. He says, but as soon as they release Margaret, she said, we're coming to your church. I said, what are they saying? Well, they're saying everything stopped. They can't explain it, but the cancer stopped growing. And now they're saying that it's going to go into remission. And she just believed something happened that night when you prayed for her in the car. He, he still didn't say I believed it. He said, but she just believes that something happened. And so I'm telling you, son, we're going to show up. And I won't tell you when. As soon as we can, we're going to make our way down to Beaumont. They live in Houston. He said, we're going to make our way down to Beaumont and see your church. Understand, what would happen? I can tell you what happened to him. He got so self-sufficient. I heard him with my own mouth. I don't need God. I can buy whatever I need. Now, we may not be rich in this place, but God can't bless us like he wants to because the moment we get a little bit ahead, we back off and say, we got this. Instead of running to an altar and say, no, God, even with millions in my pockets, it's not I that can do anything for you.
That's what we do. Look what I've done. Bless God. I, I, I built this, and I did this, and I got this, and look how much I've done. Look at this. I play the guitar. I play the keyboard. I play the drums. I sacrifice. I, not beyond the Baptist. He says, I, I have lived. You never hear him say, I have lived in the wilderness. I have ate wild locusts, and I have lived off of honey, Jesus. I deserve this. Jesus just says, don't be offended. Understand. Don't bless it as he. Who, you never hear John the Baptist say, I gave you my whole crowd. I, I built your church for you Jesus you never hear John the Baptist but instead his cry is God it's not me that can do anything for you it's you that needs to do something for me oh my God I've been there I've sacrificed Jesus left a hundred thousand dollar job and act like I did something Jesus, I've ate 99 cent menu at Burger King and took a $16,000 job just to do this thing called ministry. You owe me, God. I've been there. Look what all I've sacrificed. And never once replied, no, no, God. I've not done anything for you. I can't do anything for you. It's I that need you to baptize me. When we lose our hunger, we start focusing on things we can do or have done. But when a hungry soul walks into the presence of God, He's not worried about what he's done. She's not worried about what she can do. They've come to a place where they realize, no, I need you to baptize me. God, I need you tonight. What would happen If we got our hunger back. That hunger that didn't care what anybody else thought. That hunger that didn't care how blessed you was. That hunger did not let the world predicate your praise or your worship or your desire. But that hunger that would simply say no. Oh, we, you know we sat around the table. Bless God haven't you done enough? Bless God, look how much you've done. Dear Lord, how much they want. Dear Lord, what God expect? You've done the best you can. I paid my tithes. I've been in every practice. I've done my dues. Jesus would simply look at you and say, don't get offended. I know you have. But blessed is he who's not offended in me. We'll compare. I've done more than her. I've done more than him. And we don't realize it, but the enemy is using it to let our hunger for the real things of God. Because wasn't it Jesus that said, no, it was Paul that said, your money 
no, Peter, I'm sorry, that said your money will die with you because you can't buy this. Remember they said, Give, here's some money. Let us cast out devils. Let us heal the sick. Let us see this thing. What he said, he actually said, let us have this thing called the Holy Ghost. He goes, no, no, no. You can't buy this. This won't be because of what you've done. This will be because of what he's done. Oh, God. Have we become so blessed? Have we given so much to God that we feel like he owes us? Instead of just hungry that he would bless us. Have we gotten so far off of this thing called the Holy Ghost that we think we can do this by ourselves? Instead of stepping back. It's what John the Baptist did. No, 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 no. I'm not baptizing you. It's me that needs you to baptize me. So I'll stand tonight. Could you lift your hands all across the house? How about you tonight? Where are you at in this thing called dependent upon God? Got a few dollars in your pocket? Marriage going well? Job's doing okay? Don't need him. Ministry's striving? Everything's going good? Finally plateaued a little bit? I've done enough for God. Let's see what he can do for me. Just going to take my ease a little bit. <laughs> Could you step back just a moment and say, who am I been fooling? Could you look the real person in the mirror tonight and say, who are you kidding? You need him. And you've lost your hunger for him. If there was a man that was good enough not to need him, it would have been John the Baptist. But he said, no, I need him. I'm not even worthy to wear your shoes, Jesus. I need you. All right, guys, I'm back. Whew, what a powerful sermon. Um, this is just one of those that you just got to let germinate. And like I said in the beginning of the episode, the simplest messages are the ones that really get you and really just uh, go straight to the heart. And this one is just, again, looking and analyzing our own life and and seeing what is most valuable and what is most important. And that we need Jesus above all else. Everything else is going to fade. You know, this world, the Bible says, is going to burn with a fervent heat. All the elements thereof, everything. My guitars, my amplifier, my possessions, my house, my cars... Uh, everything I have, all my money, it's going to burn up with a fervent heat 
And the one thing that I'm going to look forward to when I get to heaven is to see Jesus Christ face to face. I think that the scariest thing for me in living for God as a millennial, I'm 29 years old, the scariest thing for me, and I heard this the other day on a podcast called uh, The Restorationist. If you don't know that podcast, I would definitely go check it out. It's uh, by a a preacher that is well known in the apostolic movement um, named Brother Adam Shaw from Canada. And a very powerful uh, podcast. Definitely go check it out. Give them a little shout out there. But um, they said something on that episode about the danger of us millennials in America, especially in America, is that we may never know um, or may never see uh, the price that our elders actually made. They told stories of James Kilgore having to sleep in a chicken coop uh, the night before his revival that he was preaching and at a church. Other ministers who paid the ultimate price, one who had a shotgun pointed at his chest because... He was trying to preach the gospel at the bars. Uh, these are the kind of things that, uh, as a millennial, really, um, it doesn't scare me, but the part that bothers me is that myself in the ministry, I have to be willing to pay a price, and more than just you know missing out on the lattes and missing out on uh, the frivolous things of life, but... You know, I'm talking about a real price, a real sacrifice that my generation um, doesn't have to pay necessarily and sometimes are not willing to pay. I myself want to be willing to pay any price for the sake of the gospel. But I've the only way I'm going to pay that price, brethren and sistren in the gospel, is if I have a deep connection with Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes we forget, not just millennials, but our generation, period, the current generation that is alive right now, the Christians, we forget what the most important thing is, and that is our relationship with Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is the first, and He is the last, and He should be the first, and He should be the last in our lives. That He is the most important thing in this thing called the church. He is the most important being. It, it, he's, he's centered in this church. He is the focal point of everything we do. He ought to be everything we live and everything we breathe because it is in Him that we have our very being. It is Him that has made us and not we ourselves. So it's it's not so much a scary thing to realize that I myself must pay a price but I, if, I, if I want what the elders had, then I've got to be willing to have the connection with Jesus that the elders had. And I'm going to be honest with you. We have so many distractions in this world today in 2019. So many things that pull at us. So many things that we have to put aside and set aside. I believe this, that today's generation, there is no other generation like it. We have 
we've had so many challenges and still have more challenges to face and to overcome like no other generation. Uh, the generations before us did not face what we are facing today. Uh, they're not having the same issues that we're having today. And even so much as the Christian world being under attack uh, on social media platforms by even by even political um, agendas, we are being attacked. And yes, we do face those challenges. I think that it's winding down and this world is coming to an end and we are going to see a great revival but our generation has to be willing and has to be willing to understand that Jesus Christ is the most important person the most important thing our God is the most important thing in all of this that's called the church and everything we do that's called the church in revivals in harvest it's it's all about Jesus Christ, making him the first, the preeminent one, making him before anything else. That's the real challenge that we're faced with today. But hopefully, today's episode really inspires you to get a deeper relationship with God like it did me. God bless you today. I'll see you on the next episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe for future episodes. I love you. God bless you from the Calvary Tabernacle family. We are always going and we're always growing. And it never ends. We are going to keep pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God bless you today. I'll see you on episode number eight.